Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is January 10th, 2023. Our series for the year is Words for Life. Today's word for you is Revealed. So let us begin with a few questions. Are we living in obedience to what has been revealed to us? Are we following the light, the word that God has given to us that's going to help us take our place in this life and in his kingdom? Are we being obedient to the revelation presented to us? So let's, with that... Let's get into our scripture. We're going to have four scripture passages for this message today. The first one is Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 6. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. And they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. As we look at this scripture from Isaiah, I think I've heard this multiple times over the past month. Throughout the Christmas season, this arise, shine, the light has come. I know when I shared this message on Sunday, someone says, all I can think about is that song you sing about arise, shine, the light has come. And in many ways, many of these scriptures will have a little bit of a Christmas theme, but we are beyond Christmas now. We are finished celebrating the, the birth, the first coming of, of Jesus. We're in a new year. We want to hear what is it the Lord has to say for us? What is his word to us? And as I prayed and the word was revealed from these scripture passages, it's really easy to take that word and go, what is God going to reveal to me? What's being revealed to my life? But we look at this passage about Isaiah 60, and although it uses the word you a lot, that word you is not speaking about you and me. That you is about a proclamation to the Lord. 
His light has come. My light hasn't come. So when it says your light has come, my light hasn't arrived. Your light hasn't arrived. This is talking about the light of the Lord has come. Put it into context. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He's speaking about the Messiah, the coming Messiah. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Um, how do I know that? Because it's the Gentiles that's coming to his light. The Gentiles are not coming to my light and your light. And that's one of the things that the enemy will speak to us. And we've seen that Oprah has been really big into talking about your light, your light you have in you. Listen, that's an occultic thing. The only light we have in us is the light that God provides. Jesus Christ is the light. And Jesus calls us the light. Yes, he does, because he is in us as believers. Jesus Christ resides in us. His Holy Spirit fills us. That's why we are the light of the world. It's not because I am something special. It is because he is in me and he is special. If I want to be special, I need the Lord because he is special. And you put this in context and it says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. I want to start there in that verse 2 and look at this because I really believe that we're moving into a time of darkness. Now, many of us have seen this in our country, in our nation, where we're seeing evil is rising up. We're seeing people that just, they believe any lie that is fed to them. Uh, we're seeing propaganda that it rivals stuff we've seen about in history from world wars. It's, it's, it's incredible to see the number of people that are just rolling over to just over lies. And there's a darkness and it's a deep darkness that's coming upon the people. But I want us to know, uh, brethren, believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, that when the darkness, when it gets deep and dark, that's when the light of God arises over us. How do I know that? Because when Jesus comes, the glory of the Lord is rising upon us. The Gentiles shall come to see your light. So the light of Jesus, they're going to come. Um, uh, I, I want to continue to look at this a little bit. It says, you know, your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall return to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. There's a lot of prosperity gospel. They see that and they think, oh, the Gentiles, wealth, the wealth of the unbelievers is coming to me. No, the wealth of the Gentiles is coming to the Lord. We will cast our crowns at his feet. And it's interesting because they even goes on to say they shall bring gold and incense. You know, who's bringing gold and incense? We just celebrated Christmas. Wasn't that the wise men that brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Frankincense is an incense. Even myrrh is a type of incense. It's stuff you use to bury the dead, but it's still a type of, of an incense. The, the treasures we lay at the feet of the Lord, the Gentiles, we, we, we give to the Lord. Why? Because of the overwhelming joy that he is doing, that he is gathering us to himself. And this is... This is, this is a good thing. This, this passage, it creates a, a, a type of hope. And we see, we put it again, put it in the context. This is Isaiah prophesying, and he's prophesying to a people that would be carried off into exile. This word was meaningful for, for the people of Israel. They were carried off into Babylon, and they're in deep darkness. And I like reading Daniel sometimes and talking to Daniel because Daniel had to. Daniel was a man of God lost in a pagan world. And today, many of us believers, we are lost in a pagan world. How are we going to act? Well, Daniel 
sort of a model. Jesus is the ultimate model, obviously. But here are the words of Isaiah, just as it gave the children of Israel hope, it should give us hope that we should never underestimate the power of God, that his light is going to shine upon us. He is going to break through in our deepest, darkest moments. Just when you think that there's no hope, there's no chance, his light will dawn. And that leads us to Psalm 72, verses 1 through 15. Psalm 72, verses 1 through 15. Let me read this first. It says, Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's sons. He will judge your people of righteousness, and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people, and the hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy, and will break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear you as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. In his days the righteous shall flourish, an abundance of peace, until the moon is no more. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him, and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and needy, and will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence. And precious shall be their blood in his sight. And he shall live, and the gold of Sheba shall be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised. Again, messianic prophecy is involved in that it's talking about a lot about the lord but this can in a way be a definition for what does it mean when the light of god shines upon you when i'm in deep darkness and the and the light arises upon me what does that mean well this is sort of the definition of what that means it means when the light of god comes think about it he Judges people in righteousness. He gives the poor justice. He saves the children of the needy. He breaks to pieces the oppressor. Righteousness flourishes. He has dominion. All kings bow down and serve him. He delivers those who cry out and are in need. For people who have no help, he's the helper. He redeems our life from oppression and violence. He spares the poor and needy. This is a how-to definition of what does it mean when the light of Jesus Christ shines down upon you. These things begin to happen. When we look at our nation and we look and we see what all is going on and the craziness, we have victims crying out, they want fairness. Sometimes we think the vic- the victims are really the oppressors. We, we, we see violence. We see mayhem. We see all this stuff. There's many younger people. They want to rise up in activism. And they have hearts. They want to see justice done. But often they're misled by lies and propaganda to only support the enemy. The very person they're seeking to put down. They're 
rally in in support of out of ignorance. Listen, we need to quit looking to government to save us. We need to quit thinking that some type of activism will save us. Now, I'm not saying we can't voice opinions, we can't be involved in things, but what we need, Christians, what we need is Jesus. What we need is a move of God. What we need is a light of God to dawn upon our society. If we feel like there's too much racism in our country, then we need to spread the love of God. There is no such thing as a law that will provide equality and fairness and justice. All law does is punish an individual. That's all laws do. Laws are made to punish the unjust. And unfortunately... When evil gets power, those same laws will punish everyone just as equally. It is laws that oppress. When we, when we look at the, the Holocaust, when you look at terrible things that happened, that was not good people doing the things. It was evil people using laws to oppress those they did not like. If you don't want oppressive laws, don't have oppressive laws. What we need is the love of God. Sometimes we get so caught up into wanting human answers and human reasoning that we forget that it's human answers and reasoning that usually cause problems, that usually cause hurt, pain, oppression. We need the Lord to move in. We need the redemption of the Lord. And when this happens, when the Lord is freeing the oppressed, I mean, notice there is one part of that passage that, we can overlook it says precious shall be the blood in his sight you know it says in revelation that the blood of the martyrs there's there's sometimes to get the word of god out requires someone to take up his cross and follow him and be willing to lay down your life no no one none of us won't want to hear that but when you look upon the revivals and history of the world it is people laying down their life for the gospel that changes the world. Ultimately, Jesus laid down his life and changed the whole world. But you look at the apostles, the disciples that came afterwards, they laid down their life and it changed it changed the world. You look at the oppression that occurred in the dark ages, in the middle ages, and you see, you saw men that would lay down their life for the message of the Lord and it, and it changed society. It changed the world we look at our world today and we think we 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 know everything but do you realize that we wouldn't even know what the inside of the continent of africa looks like if it wasn't for a generation that rose up and wanted to be missionaries and go to africa i mean let's just think about that for a moment we wouldn't even have maps of the inside of africa if it wasn't for christian missionaries and that's a fact they went in and they they did things uh Despite what propaganda wants to tell you about the discovery of the new world, you know, and I'm not saying it was all perfect, but it was driven by the belief of Christians to take the message to the ends of the earth. It was real driven. I'm not saying there wasn't European kings and greed and, and bad stuff, that the Portuguese were terrible. The Portuguese were the ones that enacted slave trade. Um, and, and, and things like that, but there were so many missionaries that came out of Europe to go to the New World. There, there, there was this drive with people. Now, evil will always abuse people, 
We can't quit doing good things because we're afraid of someone evil will get involved. But it was it was his love of God that, that drove us. And this brings us to our passage in Ephesians. And Ephesians really going to get into this revealed portion. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I've briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand and understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles shall be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that is now manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purposes which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. You see, most of us listening are Gentiles. We don't like to be called Gentiles, but, you know, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, and that makes 99.9% of the world Gentiles because the, the Jewish population is so small compared to the rest of the world. We're all Gentiles. And so this mystery is given to us. It's been revealed to us. What is this mystery this revelation well i'll just spend a whole year talking about the mystery of the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven and is is hidden but it's not hidden from us it's been made known to us god's not keeping secrets from us and we god is inviting us he's inviting us to participate we don't deserve this but he's inviting us Anyway, he's not showing favoritism. It's an open invite that we should participate with him. Then notice that in this revelation, he's he's given us the opportunity to, to it says, for all the unsearchable riches of Christ. And we can search. We can search the unsearchable. We can, we can dig down to know him. To know him. And see, and this is the, the mystery when you begin looking at it, is that the mystery is known to those who know him, but if you don't know him, then you don't understand. You don't you don't understand, you don't get the intent. But if you know him, if you understand then the the manifold, the complete wisdom of God, is made known to us. And then it's made known to the world, that light that shines out of us, because the light has been given to us. It says that we make it known to what? Principalities and powers. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
the principality and powers, we're to make it known to them that he is the Lord, that we have confidence, that we can we can approach the Lord, the all-powerful, you know, creator of the universe that is judging these powers in darkness. We can we can approach him boldly that he's not going to throw us out, that he's received us, that he, he loves us. And this is all through faith in him. Now, what do you do with this revelation? What do you do with this, this thing? Well, this gives us our last passage. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days when Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over the over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Yes, this sounds like a Christmas story, doesn't it? We just, we just read this. and But this is really not a Christmas story. This is not a thing. This happened after the birth of Jesus. This is later on. They're not in the manger. It says they're in a house. I know a lot of times in our nativity scenes, we have the, the, the magi, the wise men showing up in the manger scene, but that's not what happened. They came later. By this point, Mary and Joseph have moved into a house. They've, they've gotten a place. And there's some interesting tidbits here because they, Herod, when, he appoint, when they appear to Herod, Herod inquires to them, when did the star appear? Herod wants to know the timing of this. No, well, when did the star appear? When Jesus was born? Did they travel from the east on camel? You know, in, in a single night? Like see some of you just traveled to the next town on a camel in a single night. It's not it's not necessarily feasible. I'm I'm out here in El Paso, Texas. If I get in a car and I get on a highway and I go whether it's east, west, north. Um, can't go south. I'm going to Mexico, but if, if if I go any direction, it's it's four hours at least to the next town. There is there's just nothing out here. Um, it's just you you fill up your car full of gas and you go. You don't you don't leave town with a quarter tank. You won't make it. You make sure you have a full tank because it, and it's four hours. When I say four hours, it's four hours at 80, 85 miles per hour. It's it's it's, it's quite a distance. It, it, there's there's just not nothing around, and so 
but the camels don't go 80 miles an hour. You know, they, it's, it's, it's much slower pace. You're probably talking 10 miles an hour, you know, and that'd be a good human trot. Um, it, it's, it's, and they, they journeyed from thousands of miles. What am I getting at? I'm getting at, there was some time differential there. And Herod, he says this. He wants to know the timing. Why does Herod want to know the timing? Well, we know he wants to kill this Messiah. He wants to kill him. And now notice it says that the wise men come and they say, where's the king of the Jews? Now, Herod is supposed to be the king of the Jews. Matter of fact, Herod is a Jew. Let's understand this. The wise men are Gentiles from the east. Herod is a Jew. And they come looking for this king. The Messiah has come. And when Herod hears this, he's very troubled. He does not like it. Listen, when the light of God arises in deep darkness, people in darkness don't like the light. And when Jesus is being born, when Jesus comes into the world, it is a very dark moment. And church, we're living in a dark moment now. And when the message and when the light of God begins to rise, there are going to be some that will not like it. And let me be honest, some that won't like it the most will sometimes be the ones that call themselves Christians. And I and I do this, and I do these podcasts because I want us to understand that just because people are attending church doesn't mean they're Christians. And that's what concerns me because I see the reports, well, there's 40 million Christians in the United States. Uh, where do you get that number from? Church attenders that's just now under 50%. They're not, and they're not, because the reality is they're not all believers. Not everyone that attends church is believers. We have churches today that are into horrible immorality. They're not believers. They're not believers. Like Herod said he was a Jew. And yet when they come and say that we're looking for the Messiah, he's not happy about this. And so he wants to know when, because well, later on we see he decides he's going to kill every male child under the age of two years. Why two years? Because that's when the star was. It was two years. It took the Magi almost two years to get there on that journey. And so he's going to kill every child under the age of two because he's going to make sure he gets them. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to get rid of the Messiah. And so that's, but also notice this. These are Gentiles. They go to a Jewish king to ask where the Messiah is born. Herod doesn't know. Remember, Herod Herod just says right here, um, you know, when you find the young child, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him. Number one, Herod uses lip service. You know, I, there, I can't tell you people, they, they want to gossip. They, they, want to, they want to talk bad about people. And so they do it in the form of a prayer request. I want you to pray for my prayer. And then they gossip. They, there, there are things people, people go, well, tell me what's going on so I can pray for you. They, don't, they have no intention of praying for you. They just want to know you're garbage. They, they want to know how to hurt you. They want to know how to stab you in the back. Um, lip service. It's just empty lip service. That's what Herod gives. He gives these these Gentiles lip service. But notice this. This is the funny part. This is the mystery of the gospel right here. The Gentiles don't know where the Messiah is. They go to the Jew. What does the Jew have that they don't have? The Jew has the word of God. The blind Jew has the word of God. And the blind Jew doesn't know the Messiah is. And so he turns and goes, well, what are we going to tell these kings? And they give the kings the word of God. 
It is written by the prophet, you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you should come a ruler, a shepherd, my people Israel. Herod knew from the scriptures where the Messiah was, but he did not know. Even given these, when the Gentiles heard the word of God, after they had seen what? A light in the sky. That's what a star is. They saw this light in darkness that should not be there. And they it changed them. And then when they heard the word of God, they went there. Now notice this. It says, once they give the wise men this word, and then Herod gives them some lip service, and they leave. It says, as soon as they, they, go, they go to depart from the king, since the star which they'd seen in the east, it, it, it suddenly re, they re, re, reappeared. In other words, they followed until they got to Jerusalem, and they couldn't see it anymore. Church, there was times in our lives when we are following something God has told us, and it gets dark, and we can't see it anymore. And it's in that moment, how do we re-see the light? How do we see where we're going? The Word of God. It's the Word of God. Once they receive the Word of God, suddenly there's the star. And it led them right to Jesus. That's what the Word of God is meant to do. The Word is to drive us to Jesus. The Word is to have us chase after Jesus. The Word is to lead us to Jesus. And so they go to Jesus. And what does it happen? These Gentiles, when they get there, they see the child and they fall down, they worship him, and they open up their treasures. The Gentiles shall what? Shall bring their wealth. What do they lay before him? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Didn't Isaiah say that? The Gentiles will bring you, the kings will bring you golden incense. Here it is, the, the fulfillment of this. And then they get ready to leave. And God speaks to them in a dream and tells them not to go back to Herod. You got to go a different way. You can't no longer, you can no, after meeting Jesus, you are no longer going backwards the same way. Things have been revealed to you. Now, I share this because this is an action point for us. What has been revealed to us? Let's almost think about this for a little bit. How has our lives been changed by the message of Jesus? You know, I, I, I find it incredible to think that Gentiles who didn't know anything about the Lord, they, they saw the lot and they what? They took that revelation and they, they changed their lives. They, they chased it. When they got the word of God, they, it led them right to the Lord. And the religious and evil people like Herod pay lip service. My challenge to us is, how about us? Are we just paying lip service? Or are we really wanting to follow and serve the Lord? You know, you know, will we find hope in this dark time when? Are we going to actually see the light? Are we going to be motivated to serve? And I pause there because think about this. We just we just read the psalm. What does it look like when the light shines? You know, the the the, the oppressed are free, and there's hope for the needy, and all those things. Are we going to be motivated to participate with God and help to serve, to help the oppressed, to reflect the light of God in a dark world? Are we 
going to do this. How has this message of revelation changed me today? What has the revealed word done for you? What has the revealed word done for me? Are we ready for change? What has been revealed to us? I challenge you today. What has God revealed to you? Can you do it? Can you can you act upon it? Can you put your faith in action to make a statement to the principalities and powers of the power of God? Father, I thank you for today, God. I thank you for your word, God. I thank you that you have revealed to us your greatness. You've revealed to us that you're going to save us from sin and darkness, that you have a plan for our lives, God. None of us are here by mistake, God, that you have created us to make a difference in the world because you're going to deposit your spirit, your light inside of us to shine forth, God. Father, I thank you, God, that without you, we are nothing, but with you, we're everything because you are everything. And when you're with us, everything changes. Everything is different. And Lord, I pray right now that you would just equip us with boldness that you would motivate us to step out in faith, God, that we would see you work, God, that, Lord, that you will break forth in darkness that may be surrounding us, God. Lord, let us not be overcome by darkness and fear, God, but let your love and your power shine forth. Arise over our lives, God. Transform us, God. Motivate us, Lord. And we give you praise for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope this message has been motivational and encouraging for you. My prayer is that we will rise up into what God has for us in this new year, that miracles will occur because God is moving in our lives and in the lives of others. I encourage you to check out our podcast, check out our website, www.christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless. <music>